0: Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at Church. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. I'm gonna talk for just a few minutes. I don't think it's gonna go too long. Um... And I'm not, I, I don't know that this is for everyone. I, I, I'm looking for just a couple of people that feel a little stagnant right now. That are just kind of going through the motions a little bit right now. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that you're here right now. And I'm hoping that you hear what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm going to say some things that, um, I'm, I'm going to keep it real because that's how I do it. And it's going to be fun. Amen. I get a witness. Why don't you stand back up? <laughs> we'll read the word together. If that's all right. Amen. Second Kings uh, chapter four. This is real loud up here. Whoever's doing the sound. I'm reading from the new international version um, because there's one, one of these scriptures that I really like how it worded it. So that's what I went with. Normally I do a new King James version, but um, follow along uh, verse one, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maid servant has nothing in the house, but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, Do not gather just a few. That's why I picked the new international version because of that line right there. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. So she sent her sons out to get the vessels from the neighbors. And she poured it out, she poured the oil out of the, out of the jar of oil, all that she had. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. And that's exactly what she did. Let's pray for just a couple of minutes and bind our minds together, our spirits together. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. We pray for your anointing in this house, Lord. Let this word be for someone today. Bless us all in this sanctuary, Father, as we worship you and lift you up. We praise you. We magnify you. We worship you in the name of Jesus. Touch me. Let my words be your words, Lord. Help my thoughts be your thoughts. Focus my thoughts, Jesus, in the name of the Lord. We worship you and praise you. Everybody said amen. You can be seated for just a moment. Some of you that have been churched for a while hear that story, and you apply what I think is usually preached from that sermon, which is the vessels are souls, and the oil is the spirit, and get the souls, the empty souls in here, and let them get filled by the spirit. Amen? Nod your head if that's how you've heard that that scripture before. Okay, a few of you. I'm going to flip it just a little bit, because I think it actually speaks to something more physical than it does supernatural. Now the core of the story is supernatural, I understand. The core of the story is the oil inside of that vessel is about to do something miraculous. But the instructions from Elisha to the widow was to go and get the vessel. See, there had to be a physical interaction with the physical world in order for her to be prepared to receive the miracle. And the miracle didn't stop until her capacity was reached. And that's why I'm calling this talk, Increase Your Capacity. Because some of you, some of us, somebody in this place is at a place in their lives where you're just going through the motions and you're waiting for God to do something. You're waiting for some blessing. You're waiting for some promotion at work. You're waiting for your marriage to get better. You're waiting for your boss to be kinder. You're waiting for your spouse to be better. And in reality, stop waiting. Because it's up to you to increase your capacity. See, the blessing and the miracles are God's. You have no control over that. You have no, no no responsibility over that. Your responsibility is your capacity. It's your capacity. And here's the thing. Some of the blessings that you want and some of the miracles that you've asked God for, if he gave them to you right now, would pour out on your kitchen floor because you don't have the capacity to receive them. I'm gonna say that one more time. I want you to be a little angry with me for a minute. I'm okay with that. Because some of you are where you are because you've taken no responsibility for your own capacity. And you've sat in your kitchen. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about her kitchen. Follow me. Not your kitchen at home. You've sat in your kitchen. The prophet has sent you out to collect vessels You've gone into your house and prayed for miracles and you're not in a position to receive them because you haven't done the work for the capacity. I'm not talking just miracles. I'm not talking about healing. Don't, uh, you, you, if you've prayed for healing and haven't received it, it's, I'm not saying it's your fault. Follow me here. I'm talking about life. Is you, are you where you want to be? Have you achieved the pinnacle of what you think your life is? Have you realized the calling that you've known's been on your life for a long time and it hasn't happened yet? Have you just been muddling through your relationships? Have you achieved what you knew and know that you're capable of achieving in your workplace? Have you? Because if the answer is that you haven't, it's because you haven't gone and collected the vessels. Mm. You see some of us some of us has fallen into the trap that the blessing comes if we're spiritual enough and I am not hear me for a minute I'm not saying to not be spiritual we live in a spiritual realm we belong to a spirit filled church yes. it's a huge part of our culture and identity amen yes. that's not what I'm talking about but some of you think that if you're just more spiritual right. that you'll achieve the things that you need to achieve, want to achieve right. in this life. And in your walk with God, that if we believe enough, if we pray enough, believe enough, belief isn't enough. You need action to follow up your beliefs. You need action, physical action in the physical world to back up your belief. And I want to reiterate the miracle belongs to God. The blessing belongs to God. Everything I have, everything you have, your relationships, your marriage, your home, your car, your job, all the things in this world are are God's to be thankful for. It's His blessing and only His blessing that we are where we are and we do what we do. Hear me on this. But it's up to you. The capacity, how many jugs you have, is entirely, solely, and totally your responsibility. Pastor Shaw out of out of Austin, Texas says it this way, he says, the wind of the Spirit is always blowing. The wind of the Spirit is always blowing, but it's up to us to raise our sails. You hear that? It's up to us. It takes physical action to capture the wind that's blowing. It's, there's always oil in that jug. The oil didn't stop coming out of that jug until the jars were full, until capacity was, was reached. And so, what the challenge is right now, what I'm challenging someone in this house is, if you're stagnant, if your vision is blurred, how many of you wear glasses? I see a couple people with glasses. Do you remember when you first put glasses on? I remember, I was in like 7th or 8th grade. I couldn't believe what I'd been missing. (laughs) I used to go, we used to go to hockey games when I was a kid. And um, the Capital District Islanders and the the Albany River Rats. I don't know if some of you may remember those years back in the 90s. What I didn't realize was at the hockey game while we were in the stands, I couldn't actually see the puck. I had no idea. I thought no one could see the puck. I thought it was just too small and we were just too far away. I learned to figure out what was happening on the ice based on how they were skating. And when I went to my first hockey game with classes, I was like, oh. There's, you can see the puck up here. This is so much easier. <laughs> this is so much more enjoyable. And what I hope, what I hope is that someone puts on the proverbial pair of glasses today and says, oh, I get it. I, I, I got to take some charge here. I got to take some action. And I hope that's what happens. So I'm going to give you a couple of practical things. Um That I hope will set you on the pathway. This to me is lifelong. This is not something you're going to get in a sermon and your life's going to be different on Monday. This takes work. Hard work. Hard work. Think about the two boys... Okay, who were facing the prospect of being sold to someone else to work for them for however long to pay back their father's debts. And their mom says, go out and collect some vessels. And you got to start knocking on doors and begging, borrowing, whatever to get some vessels that took hard work. And this will take hard work if you're willing to invest in it. And so I'm going to give you a couple of very brief practical things. This conversation could go on for a very long time. And this to me is just scratching the surface. But I do want to give you a couple of brief things to go home and start your work on. Okay? Stop giving away the responsibility for the things that you are actually responsible for. That's your first thing. Stop pushing the responsibility off for your capacity on God on your spouse some of you are in a marriage right now that isn't what you dreamed it would be and it's definitely not what it could be because you're waiting for your spouse to do something you're waiting for them to make right the wrongs that happened, you're waiting for them to figure out their behaviors, you're waiting for them to do something in your relationship so that your marriage will get better I'm telling you, it's your responsibility to increase your capacity Some of you are in a career and a job and you've not achieved what you wanted to achieve and what you know you're capable of achieving and you haven't done it because you think your boss is a jerk and if you can just get another different boss, it'll be better. If this COVID thing would just end and people would get back to work, my the economy would be better and I'd get further ahead. If the office politics would just tone down, I'd get ahead. If I was the right gender, if I was the right color, if I had the right education, if I had the right background, I could just get ahead. Stop pushing off the responsibility and take more action to increase your capacity. Get a book and read it. Yes. you can start with the Bible I'm not saying does not be spiritual but I'm saying get a book and increase your capacity to be better at whatever it is that's your life's work right now amen some of you feel like you're called to the ministry and you haven't achieved it oh boy I hope you get a little bit just a little bit mad at me not mad enough to leave just a little bit mad I'm mad enough to pay attention (laughs) Some of you feel called to the ministry and you haven't achieved it. And it's because the pastor didn't give you a chance. He won't let you preach. Or I can't, the brother and sister McCoy won't won't set me up to teach a Bible study. Or sister Showy won't let me uh, lead a life group. Or they won't let me up there to sing. Some of you are waiting for something to happen. Increase your capacity. Increase your capacity. Put the work in. What happens inside this church ministry-wise is not some supernatural thing that falls on you and all of a sudden you've just figured out how to do it. It takes hard work. I think if you if you ask Brother Frank to talk for a minute about what it means to teach a Bible study and ask him, how are you skill-wise at teaching a Bible study now versus 20 years ago and ask him if he's increased his skill? That's called increasing capacity. Ask some of these musicians if they've put work in at home to be able to play up here and do what we do. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens from capacity, increasing capacity. This one's, this one's a good one. I really like this one. And this is one that I've had to work on the most. Those of you that know me are going to chuckle when I say this. Stop being offended. I can hardly say it because I'm always offended. <laughs> All right, shall we, calm down over there. I knew she was going to pipe up as soon as I said it. I am easily offended and I take it right to my soul and it's just a bad scene for me. Stop it. And it's hard work and I'm a lot better now at 40 than I was at 20, but I'm nowhere near where I need to be. Amen? Can I hear amen, Frank family? (laughs) There they are. (laughs) That's that's my dad clapping up there. stop being offended. Why? Why do you need to stop being offended? Because you need someone around you that can hold you accountable without you getting bent out of shape. You need someone near you that can hold you accountable without you taking it personal and disregarding what they're telling you. You need to go out and find somebody or some people in my case, more than one and it's probably best if they're not in your immediate family who can say to you hey, you said you were gonna go get some jars and fill your kitchen, and I only see two. Is that all the capacity that you want? Right. I'm not talking about an accountability partner that's looking to criticize you or tear you down. I'm looking for an accountability partner that'll come up beside you and say, you said that you were gonna, and you haven't, how can I help? But that doesn't work if you're always offended every time someone comes up next to you and says, you said, and you immediately take a personal and say, yeah, but, right, right. Oh, good. and it's hard work. I'm going to keep using that word because work is honorable. Dedicated work is honorable. And uh, a sidebar. Our nation does not give enough respect and honor to those that are willing to get their hands physically dirty to do hard work. We want to we want to send our kids off to get a liberal arts degree for eighty thousand dollars at a cheap school, have them come out and make thirty five thousand dollars, and we poo poo the plumbers and the contractors and the truck drivers and the factory workers and the etc etc etc. Is that okay that I say that? Hard work is honorable and should be respected and held on a pedestal. And this is hard work. It's hard work to be able to receive from somebody that you care about that you're not getting it done. But it's absolutely required and necessary if you are to increase your capacity. If you're going to actually increase your capacity to receive the blessings and the miracles that God has for you waiting in a jug. It's waiting in that jar for you right now. This very second, the blessing and miracle that is destined for you is waiting in a small oil jug, just waiting for you to bring more jars in. And if you're willing to tap into that, then you need someone near you that can keep you on track because you will not do it yourself. If you're hearing what I'm saying and I open this up by saying I'm talking to somebody in this place and you thought to yourself, that's me, then hear me with with what I'm saying right now. Find someone who can hold you accountable. Stop praying. You can pray and I encourage you to pray. Pray for the strength to do the work. Don't pray for the oil jars to show up. If the miracle shows up before you've done the work and have the intestinal fortitude to get done what needs to get done, it's going to spill on your kitchen floor and be wasted. Right, right, yeah. Think about some of the dreams you have right this very second. Maybe you've forgotten the dream. I hope it's reignited this morning. But think about the things that you thought when you were younger, when you got married, when you started your career path, what you thought when you had kids, what you thought it was going to be, and, and, and slowly that, that dream dulls. Think about to that time. If you had that dream in your hands right now, most of us, it would be frittered away and wasted because we don't have the capacity to receive it. Stop praying for the oil to miraculously appear. Start praying for the strength to increase your capacity to receive it. And lastly, I told you I'd be short. What time is it? Oh yeah, it's perfect. Start taking action. Start taking action. What's required from you right now is not some monumental, life-changing, huge endeavor Just start with one thing. One small little thing. Just take the first step outside your door to knock on your neighbor to ask him for the jug. Don't start with, I got to get this whole kitchen full of jugs. Just take one step outside of your house and say, okay, now I'm outside. I'm going to take a right. I'm going to go to the Smiths. I'm going to knock on their door. Let Let me just take one step. 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 And just start taking action. I'm going to ask you a question, I want you to, I'm actually going uh, to, if you're not next to someone you know, or you're not next to anybody, just work with, work with me, work with what you got next to you, okay? I want you to think for just a couple of seconds, I'm going to grab a drink of water, while I'm doing that, I want you to think about one thing that you're going to do this week that you didn't do last week, and that you can do consistently going forward, a small thing, okay, small thing, let me give you some ideas, maybe it's, you're going to start reading a book this week. Maybe you're going to read a leadership book this week. Maybe you're going to read a book on prayer this week. Maybe your thing is I need to start waking up 15 minutes early because I'm scrambling to get to work on time and it's just setting my day off before I even get there. So maybe your thing is 15 minutes early I'm going to wake up. Maybe your thing is I'm going to wake up 15 minutes early and get on my knees for just five minutes. Maybe your thing is, I'm gonna listen to one podcast this week from a pastor that's not from Maranatha. I'm gonna expand my horizons a little bit, I'm gonna pick another preacher, and if you need some help, I'll help you, and I'm gonna listen to one podcast, one extra sermon this week. Maybe you're already doing that, maybe you wanna step it up to three extra sermons. Maybe your thing is, I'm gonna do something that speaks to my spouse's love language. Maybe my spouse is a service love language. Acts of service tell that my husband or my wife how much I love them. And although it doesn't, it's not comfortable for me, I'm going to do every morning, I'm going to do this one thing to let them know how much I love them. Maybe your spouse is touched. They like to be touched. You know what? Every morning before I go to work, I'm going to take the extra 30 seconds and give them a hug and a kiss before I walk out the door. So I want you to think for just a minute while I grab a drink of water, I want you to come up with something. Don't say it out loud. Hold it in your head for just a minute. Close your eyes and think about what... You can do this week different than last week. Now I want you to lean over to the person next to you and tell them what it is. That's the part that's working with me. If you're by yourself or you're next to someone you don't know or you have no contact with. If you're next to a spouse, a friend, uh, a, a sibling, I want you to lean over and tell them what you're going to be doing this week. I know it's hard. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's weird. We don't do this at church. Guess what? It's work. Amen. This is what work looks like. So lean over and tell the person what you're going to be doing this week. And then I want that person to lean over and tell you what they're going to be doing this week. That's physical. That's physical. Did you do it? Now I'm going to hold you all accountable. Raise your hand if you told someone near you what you're going to do this week. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Alex and Chanel, you're still talking about it. Are you guys arguing about what you're going to do this week? We are up here. (laughs) All right. I got more to do it than I thought would happen. So nice job. Proud of you. And I, listen, don't walk away from this thinking, oh, this isn't spiritual enough. We need more spiritualness. This is spiritual. What I'm trying to do is introduce the idea that there's physical involved in the spiritual. All right, all right. And, and let me just say this for a minute. We as apostolics and Pentecostals, and I make a differentiation, but Pentecostals as a whole fall into the trap of being so spiritually minded, minded, because we believe in the Spirit, we believe in tongues, we believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost, that we give the Holy Ghost responsibility for too much. Yeah. Yeah. And so we think the Holy Ghost is going to fix our problems and the Holy Ghost is going to bring us revival and the Holy Ghost is going to fix everything and do everything and we're just going to sit back and pray in our kitchen and the oil is going to miraculously appear. And what I'm trying to do is introduce the idea that this takes work. It's hard work. Those of you that leaned over to the person next to you were probably a little bit uncomfortable even if it was your spouse telling them what you were going to do this week. Hmm. close with this. It's up to you to raise your sales. It's up to you to not be satisfied and to take action to increase your capacity to receive the miracles and blessings from God. It's on you. Take the responsibility. Start taking action this week to increase your capacity. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.